get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bunga fish, Angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we are completely open, receptive to your words. We declare that every heart in this place is a receptive heart. Every ear is a listening ear. Oh, the devil will not be able to steal the word from the heart of anyone in this place. Understanding is granted us. Thank you for the teaching anointing. And thank you for the workings of the Holy Spirit here. And the workings, the ministry of angels. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, now if you came to church and um, at the end of it all, you went back home. And you were asked, what did you receive? And you said, well, um, I rejoiced and danced and sweated. And uh, so I believe I praise my God. If you think that's all you receive, or if that's all you receive, then uh, you didn't get blessed. You just enjoyed yourself. There's a difference between feeling good and getting blessed. Okay? One of the parts that we get to bless is the Word of God. So when it comes to the time of the Word of God, open your spirit to receive. I understand that so many people are not used to it. So when it's time for the word of God, you see them dozing off, you see them feeling uncomfortable and the rest of it. All right. You learn to discipline yourself to receive the word of God for yourself because this is what will truly build you up. I've said it several times, but it bears repeating. Okay. It's only the word of God that will truly build you up and put you over in life. If you don't have the word of God in your spirit, then um, you, you, that's being on your way to becoming a victim. See, I refuse to be a victim. Okay? The only material that God has given us to make us become a victor truly is the word of God. Alright? And on Thursday, remember we discussed, what's the title? What? The word what? No. It's not the word on you. Who knows the title for real? Who does? Huh? So if it's an exam, I didn't. I did. I just did briefly. Once. You want me to start repeating it? The law of Irokuchi. The law. Write it as the title. The law of Irokuchi. The law of Irokuchi. Until three times. And I say, oh, the law of Irokuchi. You now write it down. See, I'm smart. I'm super intelligent. Uh, I said it. I said it. We dealt with the word in you. The word in you. But today I want to take it a little further. I want us to look at using the word. 
using the word. Okay. Some Christians do not know that the word the word of God can be used to change their situations or to change situations in their lives. They they often think that it's only prayer. So when they say we are going to change this thing, so the fellow says, "Uh huh, that means we are going to pray." Okay, they think it's only praying. If you want to change anything, I mean any situation, you must learn to pray. But then you must be smart enough to know that there are certain things that what you need to change that is the word of God. In God's kingdom, there are principles. They don't all work for the same thing. There are keys. It's like having a bunch of keys. Now, this bunch of keys, uh, several keys in that bunch. All right. Each one of them will open a specific door. Maybe. When, no matter how beautiful and golden, you have a particular key. If that key is not the right one for your door, it will not open it. It may look like the key for your door, but if that's not the key, it will not open it. A lot of times, these keys look alike. A lot of times. Especially those ones for the padlocks. They look alike. But when you look at it carefully, you see um, there's the carvings. Just a little difference. That little difference matters a lot. The same thing in the kingdom of God. God is absolutely righteous. That's what the Bible shows. Apart from that, the Bible shows that God is completely loving. The Bible reveals that God is not just a love God. God is love. You see that? Um, you know, we say God is a faith God. Yes, he is a faith God. But when we talk about love, God is not just a love God. God is love. And God, look at it this way. God loves the whole world. Everybody. Christians and non-Christians. Believers, unbelievers, either you know that he exists or you don't. Of course, the Bible shows that everybody knows that it ex- he exists, including those that says that say he does not. The Bible says they are lying. If they go in, into their spirit, they'll know he's right there. God ensures that everyone that comes into this world has a clue that he exists. That's what the Bible says. Okay? But then they, they, they decide to um, make themselves believe that it doesn't exist. Well, that's their business. But however, either they believe he exists or they don't. Either they insult him, they don't like him, they reject him. God loves them. And he proves it all the time that he loves them. In fact, there are those that have never been born again before. And they're thriving and doing well in their businesses. Why? You wonder. Sometimes it's as a result of God's extension 
of love towards them. Sometimes he just extends his love towards someone all the time trying to get his attention towards himself. That's how much God loves the world. And the Bible shows that nobody could ever love the world like God. He so loved the world that he gave his only, only son. Only begotten son. Okay? At that time. Of course, you know, Jesus is no longer the only begotten son. Hallelujah. That's good news, right? He was the only begotten son. But now he has become the first begotten. The rest of us are sons of God. Say hallelujah. That should excite you. By the way. So that's how much he loves the world. Now, if God so loved the world this much, including them sinners, what do you think about us who are his kids? Don't you get it? We believe in him. We accepted him. In fact, we have not seen him, but we believe. We never saw Jesus. We only heard about him, but we believe he exists. I mean, that takes faith. Somebody comes to tell you about someone that you've not seen, and you decide to believe. No wonder Jesus says that, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. He says, blessed are they that have not seen, yet they believe. So what do you think about us that have not seen yet we believe we have become his children? What kind of love do you think he will have for us? It will be called special love. All right now. So if he does, if he truly has special love for us, then why will he not want to give us what we want, what we desire? Have you ever thought about it? Why is it that um, we must struggle through life to make things work in our lives. Why? Why is it that God will always want to wait until we have cried and cried and begged and begged before he will now finally step in? Why? That means there must be something that we have not discovered. Everything in God's kingdom has a principle. There is the principle to work in the anointing. There is the principle to work in increased grace. Of course, that includes the anointing. There's a principle to work in perpetual success. There's a principle to work in abundance. There's a principle, you know, all of them have, have principles. There's a principle to get your prayers answered every time. And every time you put that principle to work, you will always get the same result. God is, he does not change. That's what the Bible says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you do what he asks you to do, if you do it a thousand times in the day, you will get the same result. If you do it that way, without changing anything, you will get the same result a thousand times that day. So you see, but we, sometimes we mix everything together. When we are supposed to be praying to God, we are casting out the devils. When we are supposed to be casting out devil, we are praying to God to do something. You see, we mix it all up. That's why the knowledge of the word of God is very important. Very important. 
There are times that there are situations that you don't even have to pray about it twice. You pray about it once and it is taken care of. Because you understand that kind of situation based on your knowledge of the word of God. But doesn't he say that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge? It means my people, God himself said it. He said my people are crushed. They are brought under because of the lack of knowledge. What you don't know is greater than you. That's the truth. If you don't know it, you don't know it. So what do you do? Look for knowledge. Get knowledge. You get knowledge. So that you will never become a victim in life. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are situations where you use the word of God to change them without you having to pray necessarily. Praying and praying and shaking and fasting. Sometimes you waste your fasting. You just waste your time. Because you're fasting to God to do something. Let me tell you. According to the word of God, there are things that have been delivered unto us. They are ours now. God gave it to us. He gave that package to us. And in that package is everything. The Bible says he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And then in First Corinthians chapter number 3, reading from the 21st verse, it says, all are yours. It says, all things are yours. And then again, the Bible says, we are joint heirs with Christ. I believe you know what that means. I've said that several times. I've explained it several times, yeah? Jesus owned the whole world. The whole world was made in his name. Everything in this world belongs to Jesus. And the Bible says we are joint heir with that Jesus. In other words, everything belongs to us together with him. That's what the Bible shows. So there are things that you don't pray about. You command them to come forth. There are things you confess, you lay claims on. For instance, it's not useful trying to pray about your health. Lord, I'm facing this sickness. Oh Lord, do something about it. Oh Lord, pray. Do something about it, please. Do something about it. You see, it's a waste of time. Why? In that package, divine health is there. So what do you do? Take that which belongs to you. You command that devil to get out of your life, your, your health. Say, take your hands off of my body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command healing now. You see, you don't pray to God because you may pray from today till tomorrow. The Bible never says we should pray to God to heal us. The Bible only says, call for the elders to pray for the one that is sick. There's a difference. It doesn't say you should pray to God to heal you. Why? If you read it further, you see it. It says, even if he has sinned, they'll be forgiven him. He said that that guy is a guy that uh, is a babe. Because you know babes sin all the time. So he has not grown in spiritual things. So he, need, he needs them elders to come and pray over him. And that also should tell you that that means the elders don't fall sick. Because if they do, the day they fall sick, who will come and pray? for? You get it? Uh-huh. Glory to God. So using the word of God, the word of God, 
to change your situation. If you turn with me to Luke chapter number 4, I want to show you something very beautiful. Book of Luke chapter number 4. I am a lot. Glory to God. Do you love the word of God? Uh, you're not responding because maybe you don't. Do you love the word? Are you there? Luke chapter 4. All right, glory to God. <laughs> Whoops! Reading from verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I will tell you something about the Holy Ghost on, on Thursday. I said it's Holy Ghost special. Uh, for those of you that don't speak with tongues, come on, on Thursday and be expectant, okay? We'll lay hands on you. Alright now, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now, very interesting. Let me quickly chip in something here. Did you notice that the Bible says that Jesus was led of the Holy Ghost? Did you notice that? Putting other books together on this same account. From the four Gospels, I mean. You notice that. Jesus was actually led of the Holy Spirit to fast 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, now if you're not led of the Spirit to do it, and you're so passionate, <laughs> your foolishness may lead you to, to end your life very soon. And God will do nothing than to welcome you to heaven. And say, you're welcome, foolish son. Just come in. Come in. Why? When the Spirit of God leads you to fast. It strengthens you. Especially a long time fasting like this. The grace is available to do it. Okay, that does not mean that we don't fast. We do fast for our spiritual life. Of course, the Bible commands that we should. But when it involves some special kind of fasting like this, I believe you know what it means 40 days and 40 nights. It means you're not going to eat day and night for 40 solid days. And nights. That means no water at all, no food at all. For some of you, that your mouth will not stay in the place, like Coca Cola and Gala in between. None of those. That's a month and how many? Ten days. Can you stay that long without the Holy Spirit strengthening you? I feel sorry for you. All right, so. <laughs> Let's read on. Okay, verse 3 now. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Imagine the devil spoke to Jesus. That means he can talk to anybody. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. Say, It is written. Say it, come on. And I want you to pay attention to that. It is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 
that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That means the way God designed it is that we are not to live by food alone, but by every word of God. Now, the bread there which represents food, food is for your body. There is something called, as you're seated there now, I can only see your body. In reality, I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing your body. Your body is the outward man. The inward man is the real you. That inward man is a spirit. He's the one that dwells in your body. And is the one that is staring at me now through your eyes. Your eyes are his windows. He looks through those eyes. Okay? That's the real you. The one on the outside is the outward body. The outward man. And that's the one that you feed with food. But Jesus is trying to say that you don't live by feeding the outward man alone. You feed the inward man also. In fact, if you do not have the money, if you are not privileged, if you are not advantaged enough to be able to feed your outward man with the best food, brother, if you can load your spirit man with the word of God, in a matter of time, you will have the best food on your table for the outward man. That's how powerful the word of God is. The word of God, listen, even those who have enough money to feed their outward man, they may eat the best food, take the best drugs, the best multivitamins, go to the best hospitals for checkup from time to time. That does not still stop them from contracting something. Maybe a disease, cancer. You go check them out. It doesn't even stop them from dying at an early age. But there is another guy on the other side. He doesn't have enough money for checkup. He doesn't have enough money for food, for them food, you know, those shawarma or whatever. And then salad. And he doesn't have enough money for all those. But one thing, he has enough time to feed on the words. When that guy is loaded up and the money comes and he's able to buy whatever he wants, at that time, he would have been built in his spirit to take charge of his life such that no disease, no infirmity will be able to attack his body. So when he's, he begins to enjoy his wealth now, he will enjoy it with long life and peace. You see the difference? God thinks that the most important thing is his word. For any child of God, the most important thing is the word of God. And that's what Jesus said here. Now, let's look at it from this angle. Of course, that's what the Bible shows. The devil came to tempt Jesus. And when the devil showed up, Jesus didn't say, Hey, are you crazy? Do you, do you know who you are talking to? What kind of nonsense is this? Do you know I'm Jesus? I'm the one that God sent. I'm the son of God. Do you know he didn't say all those stories? That's how some Christians want to act today. 
when the devil showed up maybe in the middle of the night or somewhere or in situations circumstances <laughs> father but i'm a christian i'm a christian you are singing but i'm a christian i'm a christian i'm a christian ah but i'm your child now why should you watch this to be oh god you're complaining did jesus complain no Jesus said, oh Lord, why will you allow the devil to come to me and come and tempt me? Me? Lord, are you sleeping over there? No, he didn't. He did something. And the Bible says, he's our example. He used the words. That's how important it is for you to have the word of God in you. Okay, let's rush through this. Uh, verse 5. Now remember in verse 3, and the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Okay, because Jesus was so hungry. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I will come back to that shortly. And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. Now, you remember, for those of you that were here a um, few weeks ago, when we were dealing with Soteria, we were talking about how that um, Adam fell. You remember? The whole world belonged to Adam until he fell. Now, after Adam fell, the devil took possession of everything and the devil became the god of this world. Now, the devil is in charge of the whole world. He has everything. So now he's telling Jesus that if Jesus will worship him, he will give him the whole world. He wanted to entice Jesus with this. You see, somebody, because I heard that somebody once said that Jesus, uh, the, the devil is a liar. He was just lying. He didn't have the whole world. No! He did! The Bible shows he did. He, he is the God of this world. So everything belonged to the devil. He had taken it from Adam. And so now he was tempting Jesus with it. The Bible says he took him up. Now that does not mean that he took him by hand and said, follow me. Come, come on, come with me. And then takes him somewhere. And shows him, no, it's talking about a vision. The devil could give a vision to give you dreams. And that's why I tell people, you don't you don't have to be mad about every dream that you have. God gives you dream. Um you get dreams from your subconscious mind, and you could get dreams from the devil. The devil has, and he still does, use people's father or mother in the dream against them. And in that dream, they, once they wake up, they start suspecting the daddy. Say, ah, meanwhile, that's not, then it causes trouble in the house. Because yeah, it trusts my dream. My dreams are always very real. Uh, they are very correct. And so the devil knows that, so he's going to come after you. He's going to use your dream. Gives people visions. And so the same thing here. So the devil is giving this vision of the whole world and everything, the kingdoms of the world, in the moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Who delivered it unto him? Adam. And to whomsoever I will give it. Look at the next verse. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, You must be stupid. Is that what he said? No. Don't you have any respect? Is that what he said? No. What did he say? Read it. Everybody, want to go? 
Satan. Uh-huh. What are it? After Satan, read it. Everybody look in your Bible and read it. Want to go? Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus is quoting scriptures. Old Testament. Jesus says, it is written to the devil. How important this is. But I want you to see something else. Oh, will your spirit be open to see this? I'm sure it will. Now, let's look at verse 9. I want you to pay attention now. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Why is he asking him if you be the Son of God? Because, you know, before this time, the Bible shows that when Jesus went to Jordan, and was baptized of John the Baptist. God said, this is my son. So that statement, the devil came to attack it. You are what? The son of God. He heard it. He wasn't sure. But now he heard it. The son of God. So he came. If you are the son of God. You see, sometimes God gives you a word of prophecy. And the devil comes for that word. If truly what the Lord has said to you. So why are you going through this? I thought they said, I thought they said you have a calling. You sure? But from time to time, you fall into sin. Are you sure you have any calling? The devil is asking. I thought they said, um, you will be the greatest engineer in the world. But now you're academic. See all that is going on. Are you sure? He's waiting for you to doubt and submit it. The moment you do that, you lose it. No matter who's giving you the prophecy, no matter how anointed, even if the old heaven opened and you see um, you are hearing the voice of God from that heaven come down and speak to you. Brother, if you don't believe it, it's of no good use. It will be of no good. When the word of prophecy comes to you, you take it and you use it. The Bible says we war a good warfare with it. You hold on to it. Situations will shake you up. Circumstances will shake you up. You think about it. Jesus said to Peter. Peter was in that boat. He asked Jesus, he said, should I come? Jesus was walking on water now. So he saw Jesus and said, should I come, Master? And Master said, come. The word of God went out to call him. Now, he was expected to be sustained on that word. In other words, this at this moment now is supposed to be sustained by that word. So Jesus said, Come, who that was all he was waiting for. Then he stepped out of that boat. And others said, Now, others couldn't step out because he didn't tell them to come. He told Peter to come. And so Peter started walking on that water to go to Jesus. But you know, the word Jesus gave, the Bible says. God, Jesus holds everything in the world by the, by the word of his power. The word of Jesus is very powerful. But despite it was, it lost its power when Peter started doubting. Peter, Jesus said, come. And Peter started walking on the water. But the Bible shows us that he was carried away by the boisterous winds. He saw it where the winds not there before. The way. The only thing is he was focused on Jesus and the word. That was spoken. So he started walking towards Jesus. But all of a sudden, for some reason, he decided to look and see what's going on around. 
But those were there before Jesus called him. They didn't just appear while he was walking on the water. If they did, the Bible would have revealed that. But he started doubting. As he was walking now, he started, he stopped and started doubting. Looked around and said, ah. Oh. And the moment he started doubting, the word of God, that's the word of Jesus, lost the power. He started sinking right away. And you know what? He would have died in the presence of Jesus. If not that he cried out. The Bible says he had to cry out. And Jesus caught him quickly. The Bible says quickly. Quickly. Not slowly. Why? Because if Jesus didn't do it quickly, he would have died. We would just hear that there was one apostle, um, Peter, who died in water. Uh, in the sea. And then you know Christians would have found something else for that one too. Say just like Pharaoh was buried in the this one too was buried in the sea. <laughs> but it was the word of Jesus that sustained him, but when he doubted, so no matter what prophecy came to you, no matter what prophecy, if you don't hold on to it, you may lose it. Learn to hold on to the prophecies, you were a good warfare with them. There are prophecies that have come to us. I mean, a lot of prophecies as a church. We've not even, we are not even close yet. I'm not letting it go. My eyes are fixed. We've had prophecies again and again of having a very large auditorium. We ha- we saw it in vision. I mean, it's no news anymore. But if we don't look at it and we don't focus on it, if all we are thinking is just to be a local champion, you know, just small. If we are just 30, it's okay. 30 of us is okay, at least. And we are very vibrant. Oh, that's very fine. You know, a man of God, uh, I heard the man of God tell the story of a church where their pastor, I believe it's a new pastor that just came, was transferred to that place. And that pastor was talking to them and said, now, because there are just about 200 of them in that church, said, now, it's time for expansion. They looked at him narrowly. They have been 200 since. So this new pastor just came. He said, it's time for expansion. They looked at him. He said, so what we begin to do is. So he brought up the strategies. Cell ministry, blah, blah, blah. He brought all those strategies. And then the woman stood up and said, excuse me, sir. Yes. She says, um, I don't think that we should have any expansion. I don't think we should be bigger than this. He says, why? She says, you know, the way we are is very okay. We all know each other. We all work in love. We all relate with each other. We know each other's houses. So, but by the time we become much now, um, all those love, we stop. Another said, it's true. It's true. It's true. And, they started, and the pastor felt frustrated. <laughs> Sorry. If you thought that's what we came here to do, you must be kidding. <laughs> Glory to God. There are prophecies in your life. Now, we came this far as a result of prophecies. We came this far. On a Sunday morning, we were, we had gathered six before. We had gathered seven. But prophecy came and said, you have passionate folks. I mean, passionate people. Now, you wonder why our workers are dispassionate prophecy. The Lord has said it. And we fix our eyes on those prophecies. And we war with them. We declare words with them. 
They are coming in the name of Jesus. Those who will burn with the zeal of the master. Rato, Malia, Sagede. The very thing that God has said. We are using it now. In our place of prayer. That was just about a year ago. Look at us now. At that time. There were only about four or five fervent people. Who are now pastors now. But that time, it looked like, are you sure? The same thing. It may not look like it. But you hold on to it. As the word comes to you about something, your life, you hold on to it. It's the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Now, the Greek word for word there is rhema. There are two Greek words. That are translated for us in the English Bible as word. A few other times they use it as sayings, tell, and so on. But uh, majorly translated as word in the scriptures, English Bible. One is Logos. The other one is Rhema. There's a difference between both of them. Logos is the written word. Logos is what you have in your Bible. Logos has power. Potential power. But Logos doesn't change anything. Logos cannot change anything. It cannot transform your life. It cannot change your situation. And that's why some people have felt so disappointed after having that bad dream. They jumped up. <gasps> they look for their Bible. They look for it and put it under the pillow. And then they had the worst of Then they checked, is the Bible not there properly? Because they are putting under their pillow logos. Logos does not change a thing by itself. All those things are religion. You're just practicing religion, open to the book of Psalms. You just have a newborn baby, you put it on the head of the just here, so that no evil will attack. When that evil attacks, it will attack the baby, attack the Bible. <laughs> and I'm serious. <laughs> Is ignorance gone on rampage? One time I was teaching somewhere years ago, and I had my Bible, and I said, I believe everything that is in this book. And somebody came afterwards and said, Excuse me, I, I want to ask you a question. There's something I observed while you were preaching. I said, What is it? He said, You call the Bible book. I said, What is it? He said, you are supposed to say Bible. You, you, you see religion? But it's a book. It's a book. A book where the word of God is written. Somebody say, uh, you know, they're talking about the sword of the spirit. So he takes his Bible says, my sword. <laughs> so uh, some people religiously brainwashed. If they want to pray, if they don't have that Bible, they feel when they are using their Bible to pray, then they are using their sword. <laughs> you are so ignorant ignorance is calling you ignorant the bible is your sword your sword hey almighty you <laughs> that's logos logos will help you conduct yourself properly 
Logos will renew your mind. Because Logos is a written word. So as you study it, as you look in it, it will renew your mind. It will make you feel good. I mean, you'll be happy, you'll be jumpy about what you discover. But it will not change your life. It will make your brain to swell. You will know a lot about the Virgin Mary. You will know a lot about Jesus. You know what God has said. You know, you know, you know. But it will not change your life. What changes your life is Rema. Rema is a spoken word. Is a specific word. From the mouth of Almighty God. To a specific person. At a specific time. For a specific purpose. That's Rema. That's what changes your situation. Rema could come from a man of God. Like I'm preaching now. Somebody might just be seated there receiving Rema from what I'm saying. I mean, there's something that is leaping out of my word. It's just addressing you. It's giving you direction. It's controlling uh, your thoughts and so on and so forth. It changed something in your spirit and so on. Or you, you've been waiting for a picking. It came out from my preaching. And then you take a hold of it. Ah, that's what I was waiting for. Rema from God. So it could come from a man of God. It could come from your own spirits. You see, having meditated, Rema just comes. It could come in your place of prayer. You're there praying about this issue. You're praying about maybe your course, for instance. Maybe your business. Whatever. Your family. Rato, Malihate, Goste, Engdo, Brogaduse, all by yourself, you're praying. Ligo, Hategiso, Hextobre. What are you doing? You're waiting for Rima. Lo, Mahande, Korapade. And all of a sudden, the Rima comes up from your spirits. Whoever that is born of God overcome it. Ah! That's what you need. Have you not heard it before? You've heard it before. You've read it before. But this time around, there's a way it comes. It's coming from Almighty God. Through your spirits. Whatsoever that is born of God, overcoming the world. Ah! You take it and say, Whatsoever that is born of God, overcoming the world, I will overcome you. You see? There's a different... This one is coming with power now. It's called Rema. You take it and you use it. When you use it, the Bible says that is the sword. Oh my goodness. Of the spirits. Wait. Maybe I'll show that to you. Go to Ephesians chapter number 6. Reading from verse 10. It is truly, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter number 6. I'm reading from verse 10. Now, be strong in the Lord. Oh, Lord, make me strong. Shut up. He says, be strong. And that's why you waste your time. You have to understand the cause of prayer. And understand what the word of God says. Make me strong in you. No. It says you. Be strong. That's what it says. If you keep talking like that, it, it's... See, it's not going to change anything. It's just like saying twinkle, twinkle, little star. It will change nothing. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wires of the devil. You put on the whole armor of God. He doesn't say, ask God to put it on for you. No. You put 
put it on now for we wrestle not against flesh and blood now one minute let me pass across a simple truth flesh and blood refers to human beings that's why in this place you would never with all the prophetic anointing thank god for it with all the grace thank god for it you would never hear us say join your hands together there is one woman in your village with long teeth she is your problem we rest not against flesh and blood. We understand. He said, does it mean that there are people that do there are no people that do evil? There are. We we are not saying that there are not people, there are no people that do evil. They are emphatically, yes. But then the Bible shows us that no matter what that human being, how wicked he is, how terrible he is, there's something behind it. There's a force controlling that one. So we don't deal with that woman. We deal with the force behind it. That's what the Bible shows. We rest not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Sometimes maybe you might have an issue with your lecturer. And you think that's the problem. And this one is just giving you some problem in this particular course. This is not going to let you go. And you begin to address the matter as though the man is the problem. It is not. There might just be some forces behind him. Inspiring him. Why do leaders of nations make nasty decisions? You see them approving nasty things and cancelling the right things and so on and so forth. Principalities and powers. Those ones rule over the hearts of men. They control their decisions. So they are not the problem. The man is not the problem. You wonder why you're begging him so much. This man has no mercy. He has no mercy. And you even get your mother to call him. And the mama is saying, please, please, please. And this man is not changing his mind. Principalities and power. That's what he's showing us. So if you're going to deal with man from the physical angle, you will fail every time. You will. But what do you do? Man is a spirit. So you go back and deal with him from behind. You deal with the spirits. You deal with that force against him. In the place of prayer. Or using the word of God. Now let's go on. For we not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore. Wherefore. Take unto you. The whole armor of God. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to, to remain standing. You don't understand this. It says there is an evil day. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. There's something called an evil day. It comes to everybody. But how do you deal with it? Those are the times you call unpleasant situation. Unpleasant. I don't know why this is happening. No. That's your evil day. Deal with it. It says put on the whole armor. Having done it, having done all this, you will still be standing. Everything else will fall down, but you will still remain standing. Oh, say hallelujah. I will never be defeated in my life. Let's read on. Stand therefore, having your lines guard about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, all this looks like you're dressing for war now. And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace. Another day's talk. Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
wherewith ye shall be able to quench the shield of faith. Wherewith you had that dream, and in that dream you took okra, and then you woke up, and then your stomach you start feeling some runnings. Take the shield of faith, and say change the whole thing around. Let the devil be ashamed. Say no, I shouldn't have run his stomach. It's been long. I took okra, real life. So, Lord, I give you praise for supplying me with okra in my sleep. And so, I eat it and I feel good in the name of Jesus. Where are you running to? It's called the shield of faith. Don't wake up and you begin to shake and shiver. What did you take in your dream? Ah, I took a goosey, a goosey, a goosey soup. That's the problem. You took a goosey soup. Are you feeling like anything? No, I have not. But one deliverance minister said, when you take a goosey soup, it means bad luck. And I'm going to write my exam tomorrow. What? You ought to say, oh, Father, I thank you. Blessed be your name for the goosey soup. This is an indication that tomorrow's exam will be better. Because if you remember me in my sleep, and you brought me a goosey, and I don't have the money in real life to buy it, oh, that means you take care of that exam. And you begin to celebrate in your room. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Go around the God. I'm a success. Go around the God. All by yourself. You know what? The devil has been waiting for you. He wants you to wake up with fear. So you say something can take your word. But now you turn everything around. You know what he will do? He'll be ashamed. He will his and go away. <laughs> You know what that is called? It's called the shield of faith. The shield. It's not every time you should be looking for someone to lay hands on you and help you cast out the devil. How long will you continue like this? Is that the kind of church that Jesus is coming for? A thousand, thousand, thousand times no. The Bible says he's coming for a church that has no wrinkle, no blemish, no spots. These ones that have learned to master this word. They have become, become masters. Victors. They rule over the devil. As many as Lambano. Abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness. They shall reign in life. That's what the Bible says. Instead of living your life, you know, a victim. I will never be a victim. That's what the shield of faith is. And now let's go to that biggie. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the rema of God. That's your sword. So you use that rema as your sword. That one that was given you while you were praying. That one that was given you by that man of God. That one that came to you in a vision. That's your rema. You take it and you use it. Irrespective of situations, you still stand your ground. You say, I'm marching on. I'm unstoppable. In the name of Jesus, I am unstoppable. Glory to God. It looks like I'm going down now, but I refuse to go down. I'm marching on. Because that's what the Lord said to me. He said to me, he says, the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the prophet. That's what you should say. Not you, you, you look at the situations. How could the, your situation be your rema? What kind of rema is this? Glory to God. I'm teaching you how to use the word in your life. Back to the book of Luke.
verse 8 now. Was it verse 8? All right, let's go to verse verse 9. And they brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For, for it is written, the devil is quoting scripture. Did you learn anything from that? He quotes scriptures too. He does. What they say? They say you should come and be a leader in the house of God. Uh-uh. Didn't you read it? It is written. Wisdom is profitable to direct. You are you have your academics and you are still running around in the house of God. Do you what? Say you are working. Are you a pastor? You better be smart. Wisdom is profitable to direct. It's quoting scriptures. Redeem your time for the day are evil. You, the days are evil. You see, it's quoting scripture. The devil. And you say, well, that must be the spirit of God. You see you? How could the spirit of God be stopping you from working in the house of God? The spirit of God. When has the spirit of God become this? You don't have to, you don't have to go to church every time. I mean, you don't have to. God is in your mind. Church is in your mind. Then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. Yeah, yeah. So you can have sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So you can stay at home and have sweet fellowship. So you too, you stay at home. Everybody's gone to church on your bed. You take your Bible, you hug it, and you start romancing it and singing. <laughs> no matter what you're doing, you're disobeying God. You are your own. Because you're disobedient to the word of God. He says, don't forsake the gathering of others. You say, no, you have your own. He says, in fact, even while you're doing all that, you may even hear the Holy Spirit speak to you about your future. You are still wrong. That's the truth. He said, why then did the Holy Spirit speak to me? That day I didn't go to church. Was the day I chose to fast? I decided to fast and stay back. And so I didn't go to church. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Uh-uh. What you did is you put a principle to work. You raise your antenna to hear what the Spirit is saying. And since the Holy Spirit speaks all the time, this was the time you chose to raise your antenna. So you heard him. Simple. It's not because you didn't go to church. That's why he spoke to you. So you see, you've been deceived. You are a rebel. Rebelling against the things of God. You have your own mind. You have the way you think. Everybody else, they, they follow this way. But you, you have your own way. You, you, you see, something is wrong. The devil is, is controlling you. You say, no, it's not the devil. The Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time, from time to time. No, that's the devil. The devil's spirits, not Holy Spirits. All right. Verse 10. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Satan is a monkey, I'm telling you. <laughs> He's a monkey. You imagine yourself standing. You had the opportunity to be on the skyscraper. And the devil said, prove to the whole world that you are a child of God. That the power of God is working in you. Do you have angels? Yes. Apostle tell you all the time you have angels. Yes. Jump from here. You see what angels will perform. Miracle. And it will be all over the news. Many will give their hearts to Christ. <laughs> I heard the story of a pastor. First of all, before I tell you this story, see, I will never be foolish in my life. This pastor went to the zoo. 
took a large cross. That lion behind the bars. He took that cross and said in the name of Jesus. Because he read about Daniel in the Bible. He says in the name of Jesus. He wants to prove to the world that he is loaded with anointing. The lion was watching all the time. It looks like the lion was calm. He says in the name of Jesus. The lion saw the iron thing and shifted back. So he got so happy. He climbed from the bars and jumped inside with the cross. And said, I command you in the name of Jesus. And the lion thanked God and said, Oh God, thank you for this food. Before he got the next name of Jesus, up, took a lot of him. And he died a terrible death. And it was in the news. For operating in foolishness. If you had asked him, you know what he would have said? The Lord told me. That's what he would have said. But that's the devil. Didn't you have another man of God many years ago? You know, somebody died who was very popular. And then this man of God said, the Lord told him that he should raise that person back to life. This fellow had been buried. People had forgotten. Okay, he has been buried. Thank God. It's maybe about a month after or two weeks after or something. He went and was disturbing the earth. He said, the Lord said he should raise. And since everybody loved this man, he was a celebrity. They didn't want him to die. So they said, are you sure? He said, the Lord said to raise him. And they told him, if, if you don't get to raise him, I hope you understand what you are doing. This will land you in the prison. He said, the Lord said to raise him. I will not disobey my Lord. <laughs> I will never be foolish, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's how Christians are like today. The Lord asked me to fast. What are you fasting for? The Lord said I should fast until I get power. Which power? Are you born again? Yes, I'm born again. But it's the Lord that said I should fast. And the Lord said, just ensure that you don't eat anything. As long as you don't eat anything, wait for me. The power will come. And the guy's legs are weak. His hands are weak. And he's going, because no more, no more strength now. Ignorant. All the time, if somebody had just approached him and say, which power? Power of the Holy Ghost. The person would have told him and say, you're born again, you have the Holy Ghost. If you have the Holy Ghost, all the power there is that you ever need is inside of you. All you need to do is learn how to use it. That solves the problem. Is there power? Power! And that man of God, you know, you, you should know, even before I finish the story, you should know, he couldn't raise it. They, they dug that dead up. It caused them another energy and strength. But thank God, why they were doing all of that, they ensured that there were cameras everywhere. To cover him. You want to raise him. I will raise him. Okay. He said, begin to dig. <laughs> Have you changed your mind? He said, the Lord said to raise him. All right. Dig on. <laughs> Until they brought that corpse out. He stretched. He prayed. He folded. He did everything he could do. <laughs> Nothing wasn't coming out. And then finally, we were checking time for him. And they saw that this one was wasting their time. They said, are you done? He said, the Lord said to raise him. They said, alright, we've had enough time with you. <laughs> Even those in the Bible that raised the dead. <laughs> they didn't take a whole day. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> and he landed. <laughs> he landed in the prison for it. So when he gets there, you go and be blaming the Lord that told him. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright, let's continue. Oh, I'm full of laughter. Alright, now. What verse? Verse 12 now. And Jesus answering said unto him. Jesus answering said unto him. What did Jesus say? One, two, go, everybody. What? Again? Now, hold on. Before now, Jesus was saying, it is written. It is written. And when he said it is written, the devil didn't stop. The devil continued. He was still talking. Then, he threw another one at him. Jesus said again, it is written. The devil persisted. But then, Jesus changed it this time around. Jesus said, it is said. What is Rama? The said words. So as long as you are quoting scriptures, you may be quoting it. You're greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You are just quoting. You are quoting. Why not just wait for the Rama? You're just there meditating on the word of God. Or you're praying. You're trying to dig up for the Rama. For this season. For this word. The Rama. For this one. When that rema comes up, you will never doubt again. Once you release it, the doubt will be gone. Say, I come in the name of Jesus. I remember where we were trying to use, I believe it was this same place, long time ago. And while we were praying to come on campus, I saw demons. I mean demons in this place, trying to stop us. So you're not coming. And every effort we made, oh no, we couldn't get people to come. Demons, and we were praying. We just started praying, myself and the pastors. Makalia, sote, brote. And then while I was praying, one day on my knees, the Rema word came forth. What's that Rema word? I will build my church. Have I not heard it before? I've read it, I've heard it many times. But this time around, it's coming in a different way. This one is Rema now. It's the word for this situation, it's a specific word for this situation. It came up in my spirit and I released it. I was praying with tongues, then I released it. I said, It is set. I will build my church and the gates of the hell shall not prevail against it. When I said it, it was as though they cleared. I saw a vision. I couldn't find them anymore. I knew it was done. I knew it was done. Oh, it was. And that was it. Alright. It says, And Jesus has said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Okay? Now, that also tells us the character of the devil, that he doesn't give up. He still comes back. Even after whatever you have said, even if you think you have conquered him, he will still come back. That's the character of the devil, the, our adversary, the Bible reveals his character to us. What are you going to do? You're going to be persistent, also. You're going to be persistent, you're not going to give up just because you thought everything is now okay. 
that does not mean that everything is, the devil will not come back. You've won, yes, but you want to come back again. But you know what? Every time he shows up, you put him, you keep him where he belongs, where? Under your feet. You keep him there. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. Glory to God. It is set. Now, uh, I want to show you a few things there. Okay. The first thing is that Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every rema. Every rema. You want to live life. A victorious life. The life of a victor. You learn to live by rema. You use rema. That's one. Then another thing you should see there is that it is written, it is written, uh, will not get the job done. It is said, got the job done. That means, still talking about Rema. If you have the biggest Bible in the world, and that Bible, the font, the font size is really large. I mean, it's the biggest thing. You carry it, it's very heavy. It doesn't mean that you have a bigger sword. It just means that you have a bigger book. You see that? If you don't use what is in there, it will not change your life. You see that? And then you have to understand the word of God also. There are words. Sometimes this way we, we miss it. You have to understand the word for the Old Testament folks. And the word for the New Testament folks. There's a difference. There are certain things. Let me give you an example. The Bible says to pay tithes. When you study the book of Malachi, God said there, He said, when you do it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Right? Okay. Now, do you know that under the New Testament, God never said He will rebuke the devourer for your sakes? He never said so. So waiting for the devourer to be rebuked when you see him showing up would be a waste of time. Why? Because under the... Maybe I should start with the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, the people there didn't have the revelation of Satan. So God did it for them. Because they couldn't. No revelation of Satan. But then, under the New Testament, is a different thing altogether. We have the revelation of Satan plus that. The Bible shows that Satan is subject to us. And the Bible says resist the devil. You. It doesn't say I will resist the devil for you. It says you resist the devil. So when you check your life or your circumstances and you notice that this is the devil. is trying to be a devil and you are a tighter. You can rebuke him. That's why some people make mistakes. But I'm tightened. God said he will rebuke him. No. You rebuke him. And say in the name of Jesus, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Say, get out of here. You devil. And then you give him a nickname. Monkey. Or any nickname you like. Mr. Nothing. That's what the Bible shows. Or you tell paralyzed one. Get out of here. Okay. So you learn to differentiate Old Testament words or revelation from New Testament Using the book of Psalms and using your whole life, relying your whole life on the book of Psalms may mess you up. Listen, 
I use the book of Psalms and I give people to use it specifically for reasons. Those are prophetic things. But then, when it comes to you, all you do in your life, you, you rely, you don't even like to read any part of the scriptures because we were brought up with the book of Psalms. I remember when we were kids, we wanted to have devotion. It's the book of Psalms we read. My mommy will make us read it. The portions we so crammed it so is that even when you are sleeping and they say you should be, you just be looking at the Bible, you are not reading it, you are saying it word for word because you already know it. They've been trained, you know, our mommies and daddies, they've been trained to believe so much in the book of Psalms. They say everything is in Psalm, but then you have to understand that not everything in the book of Psalm you can use for yourself. Higher revelations, there are higher truths, greater truths about the Christian. The book of Psalms is what we tell you the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's, it's a truth, it's a truth, but you are still arguing. When you come to the realm of I'm a joint heir with Christ, you leave that level of truth, you move to a higher one. There's nothing wrong with the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. It's okay. It's a truth. But really, that's for Old Testament folks. But because it's good, you can use it as a babe when you are still growing in Christ. There are several other things in the book of Psalm. Oh Lord, as I lay down, uh, let your angels be shining me. All those kind of things. You can't do that anymore. Under the New Testament, you take authority. You are about to sleep. You say in the name of Jesus. Lord, I give you praise for your special protection over my life. Now, I declare that angels take their place in this arena, in this environment. I come against demonic oppression in the name of Jesus. No demons are allowed around me. In the mighty name of Jesus. We go to sleep tonight. We sleep cool and calm. For he giveth sleep to his beloved. Uh-huh. Now you're talking. The Bible says in their sleep they are blessed. That's me. So those, that's the way you're talking. Oh Lord, please protect us. Oh Lord, pre, uh, prayer of help. Oh Lord, thy servant uh, is in the mouth of the something. So you, 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 you know all those kind of things. And after reading it, from faith, you, are, you go to unbelief straight. From faith, your faith rises and then comes to unbelief. Let your help straight forth. Let not my, my enemy kill me. Let not. You know all those kind of things. You come up from that level. And say, no, in the name of Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he is. In Christ, I am protected. Though that under the shadow of the Almighty Spirit. You are, you are not just under the shadow. You are in him. It's greater than shadow. <laughs> Listen. That is being a new creation guy. Not old testament folk. You say in the name of Jesus. You talk like the one that know, knows who he is. You say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As I go on this journey, I am protected. Why? I am in Christ. And what was that? Christ covers me. That means as I go, the Bible says in him we move. In him we have our being. In him. It says in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. In who? In Christ. You say in the name of Jesus. You say, wait, wait, wait. You know, say, let, let us pray. As you're inside the bus. If you know you can't pray, 
and somebody is praying over you and you know what he's praying is unbelief praying you don't have to say amen but if you don't want that kind of unbelief why do you want to pray when you're inside the bus and you're traveling say hallelujah let's pray say in the name of jesus christ lord i declare that there is no accident in this journey now those religious folks there will look at it like what they want you to say oh lord we are we are begging you that you let no accidents come have mercy on us you know what where they will start from forgive us we are all sinners because they think they want to stand clear they want to, they want to be clear first let's clear ourselves we are all sinners god may not answer our prayer so let's pray um, Wash us. How many times will he wash you? Wash us from all our sins. Forgive us. After talking gently, then he now moves. And now, Lord, we are begging you. Please, for your mercy, protect us as we go in this journey. And have you ever heard those mamas praying? Oh my goodness. Oh, they are praying for evil not to happen, but they, they are instilling evil into you. Oh, Father, don't let our flesh be pieces as we go. Um, our blood, don't let uh, uh, the issue of one hand on one side, one leg on the other side. We don't want it now. You know, <laughs> now what is it? She's trying to pray, but there is no faith in this prayer. She's voicing out her fears. She's voicing it out in the praying. Her fears. And so, when she paints such a picture, all of you, you shake. Mm. <laughs> because you, you imagine it. One hand, one place, one leg. I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> No. Such a thing. You say, I reject this in the name of Jesus. I clean myself from all these thoughts. Voicing out fears in prayer. When we pray under the New Testament, we don't pray like beggars. We pray like ones that have been given authority. We make use of our authority. Begging him to do what? Is he the one that wants to kill you? So what are you begging him for? You make God look like he, he always... He, like. He's ready. If you don't beg him, he will kill you. As you're going on this journey, accident will happen. So you beg him. What's this? That's wrong. And some people can use please ten times. Please, 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 please. please. Oh, no evil. And so he just finished. She just led the prayer. She has described one leg, go one and she has just described it. She has prayed. Amen. Amen. Let the driver go. Ah, take it easy, driver. She just prayed now. She prayed the first. Take it easy. Ah, don't worry about that. Hey, hey, take it easy. Oh, you see? Your mother, the one that led all of you in prayer, is full of unbelief. So don't trust, don't trust that, that kind of praying. After she has finished praying like that, turn your head somewhere and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I take charge of every life in this place. Nobody is dying like can do. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, say, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm not a conqueror. Glory to God. I'm not a victim. Tell somebody, say, I'm not a victim. Tell another person, say, I'm not a victim. The one you are talking to right now is not a conqueror. 
and prophesying to some, some people like to prophesy. They like to come to you and prophesy to you and, and begin to give you some fearful talk. The way you are going, the way you are going, I see death, 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 death. As he just saying, shift back. I say, I cancel it, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it in the name of Jesus. Wake up! If you imbibe it, it will happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Words are powerful. Any word that is accepted, you accept it to work for you. Words are powerful. Either the words are positive or negative. If you accept it when it's positive, it begins to work. If you if you accept it when it's negative, it begins to work. When I want to give message of such, it's not as if God don't show us things like that. There's a way I give it. I don't give it in such a way that it will bring about fear. I say it and say, don't worry, we'll change it. Immediately I say it, I'll tell you, we'll change it. So you have faith that we can change it. Not making you fearful. And somebody, you know, they, you can't even be yourself anywhere. anywhere. Somebody was talking to me, can you imagine? An elderly man, a pastor, was talking to me one time ago. And was telling me that he read a book. And in that book, that even demons come out from under the ground. They will now enter the person's palm. They enter, these demons are very wicked. They enter through anything. I said, what? After I left that place, I said, I reject it in the name of Jesus. I washed myself off of that kind of thoughts. Is that the gospel? No. Is that what Jesus came to do? No. Don't paint the devil as more powerful than Jesus. Jesus is more powerful. And you know what? His presence is in you. That's what is called greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How could I be defeated? Send your feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Get ready again. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806 087643 or 0816-114389. Thank you and God bless you.